Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and I'm Kevin Hillier. You sure about that? Who the bloody hell are we? No, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Who are we? Who the bloody hell are we? It's a great show. It's a very good show. Uh, And our guest this week on this uh, podcast is from that show. From SBS? Yes. It's a three-part series. Uh, It basically is three different versions or three different uh, points of view of uh, some of the historical parts of the history of this country. And our guest this week, you'll know him so well, John Safran. He's a rascal. He's an interesting dude. He's a provocateur. Yeah. He's an agitator. He's what my dad used to call <laughs> mm-hmm. a stirrer. Let's just say that he fully immerses himself into any challenge he takes on. Ridiculously so. Yes. Ridiculously Goes so. Goes to extremes. As you will hear in uh, in this uh, interview that we have with John. <laughs> but who the bloody hell are we is basically uh, John does the Jewish history mm-hmm. of Australia and has a look at uh, some really interesting um, people involved in that. Yes. Uh, and then Cal Wilson looks at the uh, New Zealand and uh, and Islander Another uh, Food Bites guest of a pr- recent times. A, a previous Food mm. Bites guest and a future Food Bites <laughs> guest in Adam Liao is yes. the other one who looks at the Chinese uh, and Asian parts of Australian yes. history. Come on, Adam. And they rewrite you. history. Well, they don't rewrite it. They just tell it the way it actually should have been told. <laughs> the other thing uh, worth mentioning uh, about this episode and John Safran is that he uh, he did recently write a book beautifully named <laughs> Puff Peace. Yep. About the cigarette industry, but uh, in uh, in researching that book, he's as I say, he throws himself and immerses himself into the uh, the challenge. He certainly did this to his own detriment, it seems. You will find out as we now present for you John Safran, our guest this week on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. John, thank you so much for being a part of our uh, Food Bites uh, podcast. Is this the first uh, food related uh, podcast you've done? Uh. I did, uh, with my last book, Puff Piece, which was about uh, the big tobacco getting into vaping, I did have a, a food writer uh, interview me, and her point was that in my book, uh, I, I was having a lot of discussions over meals, and I was like almost using food in a manipulative way um, because to get the other person at ease. Hmm. And uh, so, in fact, so I was like, a jerk, basically. <laughs> Even though, like that, 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 that wasn't like if if I was doing that, it was sub, it was subconscious. But and but but it was true when I look back about upon the book that like when I was talking to people, especially people there where it might have been a confrontation or whatever, it, it was like it, it, it was over food. So <laughs> so you're the, you're the second one is what I'm getting at. Using food <laughs> food for manipulation purposes. That must be yeah. the first example of that. Um, John, first up, just to establish, you are a, a Melbourne boy. Grew up in a in a Jewish household. I'm really interested to know yeah. to know some of your early food memories. Oh, definitely the smell of uh, Jew- Jewish food. Like we had a, a Sabbath meal every Friday night, and I also grew up with my grandparents, and they. Uh, you know, brought over uh, Eastern European food. That was just the normal food for us. So it wasn't. It wasn't like just a once a year special occasion or Passover. It was, um, you know, e- every week and sometimes every day. I just have uh, Ashkenazi, I guess you'd call it, food, which is like a, you know, European food and pr- probably a big crossover between non-Jewish 
Eastern European food, like Hungarian and Polish and and all that. But, um, yeah, it was very schmaltzy, which means there's <laughs> fat in it, yeah. but, like, yeah. fat, fat in a good way. And uh, the other thing I remember about food is at my grandparents' house, because they escaped uh, the Nazis, is they'd have their the cupboard stocked with, like, just food, like, in this mm. psychological way of, like, Oh, well. oh my god! Just 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 say just say it would get locked in the house or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So like 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 food kind of yeah, food loomed large over um, you know my childhood. What uh, what's your relationship with food now? Are you handy in the kitchen? <laughs> um, I've got a bit of a, a love hate relationship over <laughs> like health health and my weight and everything, and so. Uh, yeah, um, but I, I'm not really that handy around the kitchen. <laughs> I, I do, I do have like this one dish, which is people people just go and that a bit basic or whatever. But I remember my mother making it, so I find it comfort food, which is tuna in white sauce. I think it's what, 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 what? Mornay, and tuna mornay. Yeah, tuna mornay, and with uh, with with rice, and I just I find that r- real comforting. But of course, really uh, chubby, chubbying as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite comfort food as well. It's interesting talking about your your health uh, in general, uh, oh. John. Um, as someone who I understand has never uh, smoked in his life, you did actually take up uh, vaping for research purposes for your book Puff Piece, and I understand that had quite a frightening, um, compelling sort of impact for you. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, well, I just, you know, I like to get involved. If people know my work, I, I don't like being a fly on the wall. I like, I like um, becoming part of it all. So I did smoke cigarettes and vape for, you know, about a year and a bit whilst doing the book. Like I, I, was, I, I was trying to get addicted because I thought that would make a good storyline and I <laughs> failed to get addicted, but I was trying out everything. And then, um, you know, I was, I was jogging and I – I, and I was feeling this like little this pain in my back, and I was just going, "Oh, that must be something to do with my my spine because like I'm some jarring thing like doing." And, and so, and being a guy, I didn't really, I just I, I kind of just worked around it. You know, I was going, "Oh, well, I won't jog up the hill anymore." But then, as time kind of rolled on, I kept on just adapting that I could do less and less, and. Almost like subconsciously, which it like sounds insane in retrospect. So, and especially these days, like, and I live, you know, in uh, Balaclava with the Eastern Kilda in Melbourne. So there's so much public transport, and you know, you can just call for an Uber if you can't get public transport, and you can just sort of like, I, I just started sort of working around that I could. I was finding it, finding it kind of difficult to walk <laughs> distances, and then. Just and then it just I, I just have to sit down after walking and then and then like but I just fall asleep and then like wake up the next morning just forget about it because everything was fine or whatever but then just like one time um, I was quite close to home I was out having a uh, kebab I only mentioned that you know getting into the theme of your podcast <laughs> yeah. with a friend with, and and I was so close to home that. It was like embarrassing to like call for an Uber because it'd be like 
I can't call for an Uber for like half a kilometre, or you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so I walked and walked. I just kept on having to sit down, and I couldn't make it to my house. And then got up again, and I was like, okay, fine. I'll just go to the doctors tomorrow. And so I went to the doctors, and even though it was around the corner, I had to drive. <laughs> and then I was, exp- I was explaining what I just explained to you to the doctor, and he's like, I don't understand why. <laughs> Why last night when you were walking, you had to sit down? Like, why didn't you call an ambulance? And I was like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he sent me an ASAP to a cardiologist who also asked the same question. Like, he just could not believe I just wasn't ringing an ambulance or whatever. And, uh, and you know, and then pretty quickly after that, I, I, got, I was, like, getting stents put in. And uh, it all happened really fast because that's how kind of uh, what, what's the word? <laughs> how dire they thought it was. Like they were like, "No, this can't wait." And <sighs> then those, and and the and the cardiologist was just explaining that, like over the months, every time I was sitting down and had him to recover, like I was just basically brushing off heart attacks, like <laughs> mini heart attacks over months. I've just been. Like, oh, having like a mini heart attack, but, you know, whatever, and just just pushing on. And and he did say to me, he said, because, you know, wanted to know about my lifestyle and asked me all these questions and then came up, um, do you smoke? And I said, funny you should bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I hadn't been smoking, but I'd just been researching a book. I'd been smoking and vaping pretty consistently for a year. And And he was like, yeah, yeah, like that's the that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, I, you just can't do that. And so, <laughs> I thought it was interesting because people were asking me after I put the book out because it was going after Philip Morris, the Melbourne cigarette people, and people were like, "Oh, did you know? Did did Philip Morris try to get revenge on you? Did they get did they get revenge on you?" And then, then after, after all that, I was like, "Yep." They sure did. <laughs> oh, they, did. <laughs> they did. Fortunately, in the latest uh, project that you're involved with, uh, who the bloody hell are we? Uh, you only have to yeah. take up golf, which is a, <laughs> which a, a much better and more healthier pursuit for someone like yourself. That's true, but there's uh, there's also um, food politics in it. Oh, <laughs> the uh, which is, which is um, like who has a right. To cook food because it's it's going through the history of Jews in Australia and there's kind of like a representative story from each uh, era. You know, like there was a Jewish people, a handful of Jews on the first fleet. There was a Jewish bushranger, World War One, World War all this stuff. And then the the kind of the representative story of now is a uh, falafel shop um, that's owned by a Jewish. Australian who has Iraqi and Israeli background and he, yeah, he's got a falafel shop and it got vandalized and, you know, with people saying, and not by neo-Nazis, by progressive people who are like, um, why are you cooking falafel? That's not yours to cook. That's an Arab food. That's a Palestinian food. Um, you should not be cooking this, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I, I cover that story. So, um, yeah, it's 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 real heated issue, which you probably know about, kind of bubbling beneath the surface. That sort of like hasn't quite 
exploded onto um, into like mainstream discussion or whatever. But like whenever whenever I bring it up with like people who own restaurants or people who are chefs or write cookbooks and things like that, they're like, oh yeah, there's there's sort of like a a lot of kind of conversations, kind of just out of public view about it, and, and sort of like a bit of a uh, especially in the moment we live now, you know, with things about cultural appropriation and who has a right to play roles, you know, like do you have to be South American to play a South American, et cetera. It's sort of like a sister conversation to that. So Yeah, but next door yeah. to the falafel next door to the falafel shop is a what? <laughs> oh yeah, well that's that's the thing. I bring that up that next door to and this is like it just sounds like I'm making this up like because yes. it's just too it's too delicious to get in on the food thing is like next to the falafel shop run by a Jewish guy where, you know, the argument is that's not his food to cook because it's Arab food, you know, not Jewish food. Next door is, well, what's the most Jewish food you can imagine is the bagel. And right next door to his shop, I'm not making this up, is a bagel shop run by Arabs. So <laughs> they, It's like a sliding doors moment. They went in the wrong door. It's like, yes. <laughs> it's very funny. It's a very, very good special. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I recommend people jump on SBS On Demand and have a look at uh, it. It's, three par- it's a three-parter, uh, yourself, Cal yeah. Wilson, Adam Liao, but uh, but your, your one's the one I've seen so far, and it's very good. The ending, and I won't spoil it for anyone, but the ending is bloody epic and hilarious. <laughs> Oh no! Th- yeah, thank you very, very much for saying that. Because like, I was when doing it, it was it was just a bit curious to me because it's slight. It's definitely got like my, my humour and my voice and everything in it. But I guess it is, you know, uh, a bit more of a like a, a documentary, documentary. But um, having said that, I think that's what I think. But I don't think that's what viewers think. I think viewers still think it's insane. <laughs> and, yeah, and, it is. And, and, and it's a bit like oh, I was thinking. I saw one review, and they go, "Oh my, my God, the stunt at the end is amazing!" And I, I'd forgotten there was even a stunt because I was going, uh, "Oh, you know, usually I have like seventy-three stunts in my shows, yeah. and this one has no stunts." But when, when for John Safran stunt. No stunts means well. Actually, there's still one stunt. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you have you have been synonymous with with uh, stunts over the the course of your career, and and from what I can see, you know, it takes a lot of I reckon it takes a lot of uh, courage and strength to actually go through with some of the stunts that you've <laughs> you've you've gone through with. Are there any in particular over the years that uh, that stand out for for good or bad reasons? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> well, not, not, not really done but like what something I did that was immersive that was um kind of insane is when I went to America I was hanging out with this evangelical exorcist mm-hmm. so he's like a Christian exorcist who believes he can drive demons out of people so I spent two days with him and he's beating me with bibles and who the heck knows like I'm I, I, like people were like man you must have been hypnotized because he probably did that because he managed to kind of make me collapse and I'm kind of out of it and people were like, "Oh my god, did he, did he like put some drug in the water or something like that?" And I, but I think he maybe just hypnotised me. He either hypnotised me or exercised me. But it's kind of like <laughs> pretty. It's it, it, it's kind of kind of it's quite an experience and like a unique. Like most people won't have that experience mm. of being beaten with Bibles and exercise. So that, yeah, I definitely remember that as a kind of a fun adventure. 
What about Ray Martin's garbage tent? Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, he um, yeah. I've, I've sort of like tried to break bread with him, you know, to get on food mm. theme again. But he uh, he's still bitter and twisted about that. Where, yeah, because because his show, A Current Affair. They they did a, a special that kind of like reflected what they did more generally, which is the kind of make people yeah, yeah make, make people look guilty and stuff. So they there was like this family of young and with young people in it who the current affairs were trying to paint as like they're just lazy and they don't want to get a job, even when they're being offered a job. And it was kind of meant to reflect on young people and how dodgy young unemployed people are, according to a current affair. Anyway, so I kind of did a thing where. I turned up to Ray Martin's house <laughs> pretending to be uh, just a reporter and he's still home at 11am and so I'm pretending to be outraged, like mirroring his show's outrage. It's like lazy people. Like where I go, it's 11am, Ray. Why are you still at home? Oh. You know, most of your average Aussie battler, he's at work by now and so, you know, and he's getting really angry with me and defending himself and saying, oh, well, I was at work till... Midnight last night and all this stuff, and then he put he shut his hand on the camera lens and does all those kind of classic things that victims of current affairs shows do that make the person look guilty because it's like, well, why is that person putting their hand on the lens? And that's exactly what Ray Martin did to me, and it kind of um, showed that it was pretty easy to make anyone look guilty, even the host of a current affair. Because like, obviously, I didn't like literally think he's lazy and. <laughs> like obviously he's like I'm sure he does work really hard and I was, I was just sort of like trying to goad him and and yeah that, I, I think that's what that kind of particular little stunt demonstrated yeah. that maybe when people look guilty on camera because a news crew's shoving cameras in their face maybe then maybe there's something about that that you know evokes people to give that reaction if, if even the, the the host of the of a TV show that does exactly does that does it himself. Yeah. <laughs> John, um, yes. I'm actually wondering, should I ask this question, given the, uh, the the health issues you've had of late, but are you a coffee drinker? Are you allowed to drink coffee anymore? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm literally drinking not only a coffee, you know, like, basically, you know, 10 seconds before I got on this call. Not only – it's a long black. So, and let's see – it's my second coffee for the morning. That's all right. And, uh, yeah, that's okay, but that's rare. I'd usually have um, – I reckon I'd have I, – in a usual day, I would have had more by now, but just I've been darting around a bit. So, yeah, but I have so many coffees. Why so Is that a bad thing or – Oh, no, I think it's wonderful. I just okay. <laughs> you, you, thank God. The Maxwell House people are trying to get you. Though. No, Doctor Doctor Patterson approves. <laughs> what about what about a sweet tooth or any guilty pleasures? Oh, uh, yeah, mm? yeah. I just, I mean, I'm like a modern person where just uh, like the, the convenience of getting bad food is just like just it's really bad. Like I just wish I was a better person and didn't sort of give in to uh, bad food. And uh, I live live on a street where it's like, even if I, there's lots of bakeries, Jewish bakeries and stuff. And so last night I had, had, you know, three friends over and I bought lots of sweets from the bakeries. And um, uh, what else did I have? I had like uh, fried fish balls, uh, had blintzes. That's like, 
again, an Eastern European thing where it's like cheese and beef wrapped in um, mm. pastry. Mm. And, yeah, so that, and, but at least that, at least you're kind of having uh, food. Like, like you feel it, – it's probably as fattening as twist, a pack of Twisties, but you feel a bit more cultured <laughs> than having a pack of Twisties. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a real weight fluctuator in that. Um, like if if I'm doing a project and I know I'm going to be on TV, like I'm, I'm quite good at kind of spending a couple of months just exercising really well and eating really healthily, and like I, I've just lost weight super fast, and 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 then. You know, she just gets slack again. And I know there's that thing where it's like, oh, it's bad to lose weight that fast or whatever, but it's not really. <laughs> because it's not like I – all I do is not eat bad processed food. Like, I still eat. And so I, I basically just eat as I should be eating all the time, but I can only motivate myself to eat in a correct, healthy way when, um, you know, I know I'm, I'm going to be filming a doco or – and all that kind of stuff. So what are you working on at the moment, John? Now, now this uh, Who the Bloody Hell Are We is, is aired. What do, you, what do you got on the on your plate now? Well, I just spent a, uh, a month in Los Angeles and New York researching for my next book. So it's my next book after the Philip Morris one. So it's going to be my fourth book. And it's top secret. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be deliberately like – uh, elusive or evasive or anything like that, but I've just got to. There's just certain <laughs> secret parts of it that, like, I just can't talk about. So, uh, yeah, so that's the thing I'm in the middle of at the moment. But hopefully, I'll also be doing another documentary because I think people, whenever I do a book, at the end I get so many people going, "Well, why did you do that as a book? <laughs> why, why did you film that and stuff like that?" And so, fine, okay, cool. I'll respond to the market, and so hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll be also doing a, a doc project as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much yeah. for spending some time with us on Food Bites. I really appreciate it. Uh, who the bloody hell are we? Is on uh, SBS on demand. Uh, people should check that out. It's very, very funny. As I as I said, mm. the uh, the ending is uh, terrific. And uh, any any documentary that uh, that uh, highlights the existence of Teddy the Jew Boy, the well known bush ranger, um, is, <laughs> is is well worth watching. Thank you. <laughs> Good on you, John. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye bye. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Who the bloody hell are we? Hmm. The SBS three-part series. It's up and about now, so you can uh, have a look at SBS or SBS On Demand. I ask myself that all the time in, in between this household. those wonderful Danish uh, cop shows that they've got and those Scandinavian <laughs> adventures. <they've, laughs> who the oh. hell are we? But who the hell likes their milk? This is the question in the food poll this okay. week because so, I've given you four choices, not one, not two. I've given you four this week. Well, uh, let's go through them. There are four fabulous choices. There's clearly cow's milk. Cow's milk. Coconut milk. No, there's no coconut milk. What was the other one then? Almond. Yeah. Rice milk. Oh, rice milk. Yes, and there's one other. What's the other one? Oh, uh, what is Soy. the other? So- <laughs> Where'd coconut come from? You completely threw me off kilter with that. So let's see what the people have to say. We'll start off with Artie Stevens who says, I have tried the alternative milks, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. and I can't stand them. Yep. I'm happy with cow's milk. Amanda says, would be terrible for my career if I went with an alternative to cow's milk. Yes. Alternative milks are 
vomit emojis. Yes, Amanda is a good Gippsland girl and she works in the dairy the industry. Dairy industry, yes. Yep. Stephen says milk comes from udders, so therefore please give it its real name. Nut juice, bean juice and sap. Yep. That's literal, but it's quite bang on. Uh, The doc says, Joe Garris says, cow, the others aren't milk. Oh, doctor says. Muriel says, well, she's given us pictures of three little cows. Pete Tanowski gives us a couple of uh, uh, lovely little emojis of cows, uh, a smiley face and a moo cow. So he's for the cow juice. Joylene says cow's milk 100%. Old Crokey says the real deal, full cream cow's milk, not fat reduced, light or skim. Good luck for anyone trying to milk the options. (laughs) And with that, the full cream is the go. Sue Landry, another person, dairy person from Gippsland. Yep. Definitely cow. Steve Bastoni is not a dairy person from Gippsland. He says with his coffee, he likes almond. He says milk is not for adult humans. If you're over 14 and you still drink cow's milk, grow up. Oh. And then he says, come on, come at me. Come at me. Come on. (laughs) Have a go. Have a go. Miss Sandy Crack says, obviously cow's milk, all the others are juices. Nat Tabag says, uh, it's a moo for me. Wurzel gummage. Says there's only one milk on that list, and that is cow's milk. Terry Daniel says, out of that lot, cow's milk is just fine. I need it in my coffee. Yes. Rebecca says, oat milk is my favourite. It's so creamy. Next favourite is soy. I hate almond, and I haven't yet tried rice milk, which okay. was one of the options. Yeah. Lena says, soy. Silvana says, cow's milk for me. Lisa Marie says, almond. Cherie Dodson says, cow and Almond. Our producer, Steve Vicious, says, look, only one choice here. The other three aren't milk, so it's uh, cow's milk, obviously. <laughs> Joe says cow's milk. Coconut milk is okay with some Bacardi and pineapple That's juice. That's where I the coconut milk came agree. from. Joe I introduced agree. it. Yeah, but <laughs> people do that. They just put their own options I in. I wonder where the coconut, I couldn't remember. Yeah. That's where it came from. Glenn Rodder says, so, well, Pato, I know how to milk a cow. But to milk those other things, yeah. do they have teats to milk? No. So it's uh, it's the cow's milk for me. Daz Smith says, just the normal for me, thanks, with vodka and Kahlua. Hashtag white Russian. There you go. <laughs> Rachel says cow's milk. Lauren says almond milk. I have a dairy sensitivity and yeah. soy milk just doesn't taste as nice. I soy think Kevin will like, oh, agree with you there. <laughs> uh, Sue Hoskin gives us a moo cow. Leonie says cow's milk. Uh, Davin says almond for me. There you go. Lydia gives us six cow emojis. Fair enough. Karen uh, Young says cow. Michelle Smith says lactose-free milk for her. And here is the voting. Coconut milk didn't get any. Sorry, Joe. Uh, so no, nothing for coconut milk and nothing for rice no, milk either. No. Did not Did not score. Soy, 3%. Oh, oh. Seriously, have a good look at yourself. That tastes like something that has yeah, been in the fridge. it still surprises me though. Only in the 3%. fridge for six months, been let go and, uh, and has soiled a, itself. Got a suspicious sort of colour oh, going on too. It's just yuck. <laughs> uh, almond gets 15%. Yeah. That's pretty good, Righto. I would have thought. And cow's milk, well, till the cows come home, we're mooing for that at 82%. Sorry about that, Steve Bastoni. Isn't that uh, interesting? Soy, I thought, might be more popular than um, almond. I reckon soy was popular in the 90s. Mm. In that in that early part of the 90s, it was kind of – it was about the only go-to apart from dairy milk. And goat's milk was very big at one stage. Oh, it was, it was. We were talking about – 
this the other day there, Kevin, uh, the days of breakfast radio and going in and the first thing you want is a cup of coffee just to get your caffeine hit and you yep. need to have it with milk. Often you would arrive at the studio, there would be no cow's milk in the fridge, but there might be. Or dodgy. Yeah, there <laughs> might be a carton of soy milk. So on one occasion I do remember thinking, I need coffee so badly, I'm just going to try oh, the I soy milk. Too. I did it too. To my eternal regret. But remember we had Stefan Dennis on this podcast yeah. in the last year or so yeah. and he said he is a soy milk convert. He said, I know how you feel, Kevin and Seva. I hated it too. But he said, now I prefer soy milk over cow's you milk. You know, I reckon the first the person who gave me the soy milk when I had it and uh, and I, mm. I actually spat it out um, yeah. in my coffee, <laughs> I reckon it's Tom Gleisner. <laughs> I reckon it's Tommy back in the uh, in the D-Gen days at, um, at Triple M. I think that was all there was. And Tom used to have it on his cereal. And I had a black coffee and I said, oh, black yeah. coffee. And he said, oh, do you want some milk? I said, yeah. And he Uh-oh. put it in and I went, Ugh, and I what? spat it out. So what was that? And he said, soy milk. Having said that, it is nice that we have so many alternatives there on the market should you wish to uh, dabble in any of them. Still one of my favourite ads is that that, that old woman in the, uh, in the, in <laughs> smart, the milk bar. Paul smart milk, <laughs> yeah, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. And, and when the bloke says, I just want a milk that's not. That, that tastes like real milk. Yep. And she says, this is milk that tastes like real milk. And only 2% fat. And looks at his tummy. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant ad. <laughs> One of my favourite ads. Hey, that is uh, Food Bites. Thanks to John Saffron for being a, a good sport and being on the program. You and, couldn't uh, have an ad like that anymore, could no, you? No, you couldn't. No. It wouldn't be politically correct. No, it'd uh, be fat shaming. It'd be exactly what it would be. Oh. <laughs> a bit of milk shaming. <laughs> um, uh, check out uh, Who the Bloody Hell Are We? Very good three-part series. And uh, we will see you next time on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Look forward to it, Kevin Philip Aloysius. Eugene Hillier. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.